For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram, as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Liberty, Leadership, and Lies. This week's topic is leadership. But before we get into today's topic, I would just like to ask the audience that if you are enjoying the content, to please share it with your family, your friends, your coworkers, and your neighbors. Also, be sure and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram. To find us on any of those platforms, just search Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton. I received a message from a follower of the show on Facebook to share some information with the audience especially those that live here in Tennessee. I will share this information on the social media platforms as well as the website. Did you know that 70% of the voters here in Tennessee have no paper backup to their ballots that are cast in elections? That's odd. For those of you that live in other states, you would need to inquire from your state's election officials for your percentage of paper backups that are used. And right now, there's a commission in place that is getting ready to recertify all the voting machines in Tennessee. If everyone that hears this podcast that calls the volunteer state their home would send a letter to Representative Tim Rudd, who chairs the election commission in our assembly, as well as your individual state senator and state representative, requesting an audit be conducted on every voting machine in our state, it might get some traction. For those listeners in our two biggest counties, the voting machines are supplied by Dominion. They have an outstanding reputation of election integrity, don't they? So please get this word out to everybody you know that lives here in Tennessee. Implore Representative Rudd, as well as your senator and representative, that it is vital to election integrity to insist on an audit of these machines before the next election. 
Also, in this email that you send to Representative Rudd and your representatives, ask the Assembly to consider implementing a system where there is a 100% auditable paper backup ballot available for all future elections. Fair and accurate elections are integral to we the people having our voices heard and ensuring liberty in our great republic is maintained. I will be sharing the email addresses for Representative Rudd, the state's election commission, and Tennessee's Secretary of State on social media and the webpage, along with an example of an email to send them. So, a shout out to Joy for sharing this information with the show. Working together in the arena, we can restore our republic. Now let's get back to the leadership topic. Well, before I move on, I just want to point that out as a great example that Joy is showing true leadership here. She is doing her best to ensure the electoral process is accountable to the citizen sovereign in our state and in our republic. Every citizen should be making these same efforts and throwing the apathy off. Now we're back to leadership. When coaching groups of people on leadership, past and present, I go over the horizontal leadership relationships or roles and the vertical relationships or roles every organization has. And when I say every organization, I'm not just talking military or businesses either. These relationships are the same in politics as well, as I will point out along the way. Successful relationships are key to successful leadership. Each member of an organization has a leadership role to play. After all, leadership is influence. Each employee or member of an organization has influence in some way, shape, or form on every other employee or member of an organization. That may seem somewhat odd though, right? I mean, how can the most recently hired employee have a leadership role, you might be asking? Well, the most recent hire could be a customer-facing employee and will be using influence in their dealings with the public. So, there's a bit of leadership or influence the new person will be using in their position. They also have a role in what I refer to in the vertical relationship as leading up. The newest hire, or most junior employee if you will, their attitude, aptitude, potential, along with many other personal traits, impact the way leadership higher in the vertical relationship interacts with them. Some key components for success in leading up is cooperation, reliability, and honesty. Reliability and honesty here are self-explanatory. If the newest hire is unreliable and dishonest, they will not or should not be in that position for very long, unless it comes to our elected officials. Also, the newest hire or most junior employee needs to be cooperative in the new relationships being built to ensure their success and the success of the organization. So let's look at the newly elected officials at all levels of government. What is their level of cooperation once they are sworn into office? Now here I'm talking about cooperation with the people that put them in the position of trust they now occupy. Where do these elected officials put the most effort in cooperation? With the people? Or maybe with their big campaign donors, those so-called special interests? This pandemic and the government's reaction to it clearly shows where the most cooperation goes. Their cooperation was most definitely not on the side of liberty, the Constitution, or the people. 
Dr. Fraudgy's emails clearly show that, as well as the scrubbing of old social media posts going on this past week. Elected officials were more concerned with edicts coming from a bureaucracy than they were with the freedoms and rights of their constituents, the people that put them into office. These elected officials were, for the most part, tripping over themselves to show just how much they cared about your health. In fact, they wanted to show they cared more for your own health than you did. Hence, the unconstitutional mandates, the quarantines, the lockdowns, the travel restrictions, on and on and on. We'll discuss how allowing government to do that in this pandemic situation is a dangerous precedent. We'll discuss that in a future episode, though, because that gets me really fired up. And sometimes I can't contain myself. So I'm saving that for an entire episode. So, do these newly elected officials at all levels of government clearly show cooperation, reliability, honesty? For the most part, the answer is, da-da-da, no. Why do we allow that relationship to continue after two or four or six years? Apathy. Anyway, those in the higher positions of the vertical relationship are engaged in what I refer as Leading down. Some key attributes for successful leaders' relationships at this position on the vertical are integrity, accountability, and initiative. If a leader higher on the vertical lacks integrity or they compromise their perceived positions on items of principle, the relationship is damaged. Sometimes that damage is permanent But at the very least, it will take a long time to repair. I equate that broken relationship to a broken mirror. You may be able to glue the mirror back together, and it can still function as a mirror, but the cracks are always visible. Over time, some people will ignore those cracks, but they will always be there, especially people that have been in the relationship for a long time. They still see the cracks. People new to the relationship will assume the cracks have always been there, but those that the leader has had a relationship with the pre-mirror break will always know, will always question or have doubts in the back of their mind. And in that case, the relationship is damaged, and these positions of leadership are compromised and may, in the long term, be ineffectual. Success for the organization and in the relationships will be much harder to attain than prior to this breach of integrity. How many of our elected officials demonstrate true integrity? Congress's lack of integrity shows in their approval numbers. How are they able to become wealthy while serving in what is essentially a volunteer position? At least much wealthier now than before they entered elected office. I can only point to one elected official whose net worth decreased while serving in elected office. This person didn't even accept a government salary while serving in the volunteer position. Oh, but this person did tweet a lot of mean things, though. Clearly, most elected officials from all political parties lack integrity. Some hide it better than others or have their flaws hidden better than others through a compliant media. Nonetheless, the usurpers in D.C., for the most part, do not have the integrity that is required for the relationship they were elected to serve in. 
So why do we allow that relationship to continue? We know they lack integrity. We do not trust them for the most part. So why do the same people or people cut from the same cloth of the lack of integrity and principles keep getting sent to our state capitals and our nation's capital? Apathy again. Then there's the accountability aspect. The ability to hold leaders accountable for their actions is key to the success of any organization. It builds trust throughout the organization. Without trust, no relationship can survive. So I want you to name the last elected official that has truly been held accountable in our country in your recent memory. Anybody? One? That's what I thought. Yep, elected officials have not been held accountable for an awfully long period of time. Neither have their political appointees that the usurpers hire and put into place in bureaucracy positions. Fraudy's an example. He should have sought advice from the Hildebeest about his emails when the Freedom of Information Act hit his desk. Just saying. You might ask yourself, why haven't these elected officials, these usurpers, been held accountable? Again, the answer always goes back to apathy. The apathy of the electorate is now risen to the point where they think they can get away with anything now. And they often do. Oh, don't get me wrong. Once in a while, the occasional resignation will come in or they will not seek re-election. Whoop-de-doo. They will still get a pension that is paid by our sweat equity. So who's really losing something in this relationship? You and I, the taxpayers, of course. It's our sweat equity. Or some will get a letter of censure from whatever governing body they are a member of. Does that really hold them accountable? Does that hurt them in some way? Maybe if you roll up the piece of paper it was written on into a sharp little point and poke them in the eye, it could hurt. Otherwise, they are off to the next adventure in unaccountability. Now, initiative is equally important as integrity and accountability. Initiative plays a key role in the growth and success of any company or organization. History is full of examples of companies or organizations that lack initiative. They end up failing. The usurpers promise initiative in their campaign lies, I mean campaign promises, in order to persuade you to vote for them. Don't get me wrong here though, the usurpers do show initiative but only in matters that are contrary to the position they were elected to serve. Most of them show outstanding initiative in finding new and devious ways to deny you and I our God-given rights. They have become extremely creative in passing initiatives that is designed to take away our liberty, mainly our sweat equity, but our other freedoms are always in danger when the aristocracy is in session in our state's capitals or our nation's capital. That's exactly the wrong kind of initiative, but it is initiative nonetheless. Why is this tolerated by us? As always, the root cause, apathy. If the electorate does not feel a dramatic impact on their freedoms, their liberties, they are content to keep up the status quo. And that's individually as members of the electorate. 
if they don't get impacted dramatically, well, let's just keep going. And that is just a slow heating pot of water that the frogs cannot escape from when it starts to boil. The electorate would rather not be exposed to the inconveniences attending too much liberty and would rather attend too small a degree to it. I hope that quote is familiar to you. Because I believe Thomas Jefferson, along with all the founding fathers, would be physically sick at the state of affairs in our republic today. Or they would be stacking bodies like it was 1776 again. Our electorate, through apathy, has grown exceedingly comfortable with trading freedom for security, which lands us all where we are at today. The usurpers run amok, stealing our liberty, content in the knowledge that they will not be held accountable by we the people, content that they can get into their positions of power and control while completely lacking any integrity and stay there through the actions of an apathetic electorate, or more appropriately, the inactions of an apathetic electorate. So that's just basically the vertical leadership relationships leading up and leading down and how it relates to our elected officials and their dealings with us, their employers. Before we get on into the next topic, I'd like to pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Mrs. A.J. DePriest is the director of Proposal Logic. Proposal Logic is a woman-owned, minority-owned small business located just outside Nashville, Tennessee, serving federal contractors with proposal management and technical writing expertise. Since 2011, A.J. has served more than 150 federal contractors on proposals for more than 200 federal agencies. While average win rates for federal proposal developers rest around 35%, AJ finished 2020 with an astounding 100% win rate for her clients. So stop losing conventionally and start winning unconventionally. If you are a federal contractor and you are ready to win government contracts, contact AJ at 615-474-2123. Again, that is 615-474-2123. Or you can email her at AJ at ProposalLogic.com. Again, that is AJ at ProposalLogic.com. P-R-O-P-O-S-A-L-O-G-I-C dot com. You can also support this podcast by clicking the support button on the show's home on Anchor. We do have some terrific supporters right now. Every little bit helps to improve the technical capability and spreading the word. So we're now back to leadership and relationships. Let's talk about the horizontal relationships, or what I like to refer to as leading across. That is the relationship of leadership among peers. Some of the key attributes of a successful horizontal leadership relationship are teamwork, respect, and accountability plays a part here as well. If your organization or business lacks those three attributes among peers at every level, success will be out of reach. If the employees are not functioning as a team and they are working at cross-purposes, failure is almost guaranteed. The same goes for respect. If your teammates do not respect each other, success will be nearly impossible. If they do not hold each other accountable for their assigned roles, 
Cracks in the seams of the organization will become too big to overcome. Well, how does this apply in the political arena, you may ask? It absolutely does. But the usurpers have definitely created the perception that they are not our peers anymore, but that they are our superiors. They know what is best for us, so we just need to sit down, shut up, and color. They have turned themselves into the elite, and most of the country has played along with them. Most of the electorate has bought into this lie. They, the usurpers, are not our betters. They are not our superiors. They are our peers. I sarcastically refer to them as the new aristocracy because that is how they see themselves. However, they are the peers we elected from amongst ourselves to serve us at all levels of government. That's the key phrase there. They are to serve us, not themselves, at all levels of government. Teamwork with their constituents is completely lacking. They would rather team up with the unelected bureaucrats that are part of the permanent class of usurpers in capitals all over the country, especially Washington, D.C., they would rather team with elites from all over the globe rather than with their fellow Americans. They focus only on forming relationships or new teammates that can increase their wealth, power, and influence. That is why they no longer see their fellow citizens as peers and themselves as the new aristocracy. They only need you once every two, four, or six years. And we have allowed that to happen through decades of apathy. We have not forced them or people elected to office to be our teammates in this constitutional republic. Not only do we no longer hold them accountable, but we also often fail to hold ourselves accountable for their actions. This lack of accountability is astounding too. Once these people ascend to elected office, they no longer respect those they no longer consider their peers. You are the new serf class. They are the new aristocracy. They only respect those that can impact their wealth, power, and influence. And that's the reason there's such a parasitical relationship with the media. The media is the lower class of what they now consider as their new peer group. They are the groupies of the cool kids, in other words. And the media plays this up. They prop up the usurpers with perceived power and influence so they, the media, can always have or get more access. Those media outlets that attempt to conduct true journalism, rare indeed, aren't allowed to hang out with the cool kids. I hope you can all see these relationships through the lenses I just discussed. It's become quite apparent in our country over the past couple of decades. So now that we've covered leading up, leading down, and leading across, there is the most important leadership relationship to cover. That is leading ourselves. During my last assignment on active duty, me and all my other teammates on the Fleet Chief Petty Officer Training Team would take a lesson from Stephen Covey that came out of one of his many leadership books. We would complete this lesson and then do some serious self-reflection before we were even allowed to get up on the podium or stand in front of a, a group of chief petty officers to facilitate leadership discussions. 
In this lesson, Mr. Covey would talk about what he called the four pillars of life or four areas of life. Each of us has four areas or aspects of our lives that must be kept healthy in order to be successful. After all, if you cannot lead yourself, how can you expect to lead others? The four areas to focus on are the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. These four pillars hold up our lives. So the physical pillar is the part of what you do to keep yourself energized. It could be anything from exercise to eating healthy, whatever you're doing to stay, stay healthy. Keep that energy up. The mental pillar is what a person does to stay focused, keep their mind sharp. And this could be any activity, such as reading, quiet time, meditation, puzzles, etc., etc. Something that sharpens the focus of your mind. The emotional pillar discusses what you do to strengthen relationships with others. What you do to stay connected to the people in your life. And the last area, but the most important in my opinion, is the spiritual aspect, the spiritual pillar. What do you do to keep yourself aligned as an honest, principled human being? For me, that is spending time listening to and having a conversation with my Creator. Spending time in His Word has the added benefit of keeping the mind sharp in the mental area or mental pillar of my life. Regular listeners know that I close each episode with a bit of scripture because I've discovered that God's word never returns void and it has a spiritual application to every part of our lives. I find it amazing that if I'm troubled by any particular situation that I find myself in and need guidance, there is scripture that perfectly fits it. When thinking about this week's topic and how I would tie it to our relationships with elected officials, I knew that I absolutely would have to talk about leading ourselves. I was also inspired in part by sitting in church with my family this past Sunday and listening to our pastor's message. He stated an undeniable truth that if we do not walk in the right direction, we will never get to where we want to be. When our republic was founded... Those brave men set us on a course that had never been charted before in human history. Self-governance, where government only operated by the consent of the governed. All of these men had a firm foundation in their faith. In fact, our second president, President John Adams, wrote the following words in 1798. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. For far too long now, we as a country have been walking in the wrong direction. We have strayed off the path they set before us. We started on the right path with a Constitution written that embodied Christian principles by men with a profound faith in our Creator. Somewhere along the line, while we were walking this path, we made a wrong turn. We allowed ourselves to be led off the right path. If we continue this current direction, we will never get to where we want or need to be. 
we have failed to lead ourselves spiritually along the right path. We have allowed the culture to subvert our constitution to something that is not for moral or religious people. We have allowed the culture to take our republic down the wrong path. The usurpers have turned our country away from our creator. We are becoming that which we fought a war of independence against or have been involved in numerous other wars to prevent other countries from falling into. True servant leadership in leading up, leading down, leading across, and leading self is needed to restore our constitutional republic. Relationships with elected officials that have the key attributes of cooperation, reliability, honesty, integrity, accountability, initiative, teamwork, and respect is vital to restore the principles on which our country was founded. Turning away from the wrong path and setting ourselves back on the right path towards God will heal our nation. Before we close the show... I would like to leave you with this from God's Word, from Exodus 18, 21. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. As I stated earlier, God's Word does not return void. For far too long we have elected or through apathy, allowed to be elected, people that do not have a reverence for our Creator and are definitely not trustworthy. The usurpers, those members of the new aristocracy, love dishonest gain. Again, look at the net worth of every elected official before they were elected and now if they have spent multiple terms in office. Is that honest gain... Would you and I be arrested for doing what they are doing to become wealthy? The answer is quite obvious. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.